Thanks for listening. Join us now for Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. It has been 43 years of oppressive rule by the Islamic regime in Iran. But God is moving. Some say that Iran has the fastest growing church in the world. And the people of Iran are weary of the oppression. They want freedom. And many are finding freedom in Jesus. It's so amazing what's happening there. I don't know if you know this, but on September 13th, just this last September 13th, a 22-year-old Iranian woman, Masha Amini, was arrested and killed by morality police. Yeah, they have morality police in Iran for not covering her head with a hijab. The people on the street say that officers beat her head with a baton. The police said she suffered a heart attack. And to back that up, they did something really stupid. They released camera footage of Masha collapsing in a police station, but the clip, along with images of her in a coma, made Iranians livid at the injustice. The first protests broke out after Masha Amini's funeral when women ripped off their headscarves in solidarity. And since then, the protests have been growing. It's, you know, women protesting. It's men and teenage boys. It's teenage girls. And Nazanin and Jennifer are two Iranian women who work with Heart for Iran, a satellite TV and social media outreach into Iran. And Nazanin works in the call center. Jennifer produces shows that are bringing the good news into Iran. They both know intimately what's going on right now. And we start with Nazanin. Women are uprising. Women are protesting. It's been years that they've been protesting, but this time they are courageous. And I really applaud their tenacity going onto the streets and really giving out their voices, shouting, and they're encouraging each other. Mothers encouraging the children, children encouraging the mothers and fathers to come on the street and just say and protest. And they're not afraid. This is this is really the time that we see that fear is not controlling them. And it's actually an answer to our prayer that all this time the Islamic regime has oppressed the woman and. And fear has paralyzed them. And now we see that this fear, this bondage, this chain of fear is broken and women are speaking up. Jennifer, give us your perspective. Really pray for people, for wisdom, for strength, and for what they have started, as Nazani mentioned, bravely started as a result of police brutality. The death of our sister, Mahsa, was the last straw for people of Iran to start going against what they have been going for the last 43 years. The voice of women is the voice of generations, is the voice of, of their mothers, their grandmothers. For over 43 years they have been told what to wear what they are what value they have and that was enough for them and i think they took this uh, let's say opportunity to start this movement we're talking about the protests going on in iran and masha amini gave her life you know she's a hero i have a 22 year old daughter and so this one hits a little close to home but like this gal was 22 years old 22 years old but she gave up her life 
for what she believed in. Mm-hmm. I mean, she made a statement that has now rocked the country. And that is, yeah, people are getting behind, but just ah, a 22-year-old losing her life, that's just so hard. Mm-hmm. And many others have lost their lives as well. Probably up to 200, they say, have lost their lives because of the protests. But the people are emboldened and they're longing for freedom. The human heart longs for freedom. The human heart knows injustice when the human heart sees injustice. And there's injustice all over the world. There's injustice in America. We get that. But in Iran, 43 years of religion, Mm. of just, if you don't live up to our rules, then we'll kill you. And so, Lord, we just want to pray. Yes. God, we cry out to you for Iran. Lord, this is a, a nation. This is a nation that you love and that you are pouring out your spirit on this nation. And, and Father, we just pray that Masha Amini's sacrifice and the sacrifice of others will not be in vain Continue to give them courage instead of fear. Fill them with a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Lord, give your people wisdom. We know that many of your people have risen up as well. Many have come into your family over these last few years and even decades. And and so, God, just keep pouring out your spirit. And, Lord, I think of that passage that the, the kingdom of God advances by force and forceful people take hold of it. Lord, there's this battle between good and evil that's going on and we're seeing it in Iran. We see it all over the world. We see it in our country. And Lord, we just pray that we, your people who are called by your name, that we would um, overcome evil with good. There's a story in the Bible about these 10 guys who had a disease called leprosy. And if you are not familiar, it was incurable. And it was also the kind of disease that was highly contagious. And so if anybody had leprosy, they were completely separated from society in general. And so they lost everything. They didn't just, you know, it wasn't just a diagnosis that's like, oh, my health is going downhill. It meant like being separated from your spouse. It meant being separated from society. I mean, you lost your job. You lost relationship with your kids. Like you lost everything when you had leprosy. So there were the 10 people who all had leprosy. And well, here's the story of how it went down. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He had traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him and they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. In other words, they were healed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back to Jesus, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus's feet and he thanked him. And this guy happened to be a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this one foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. 10 guys, 10 guys with leprosy, 10 of them got healed of their leprosy. Here's the deal. You know, they knew, 
they needed Jesus to get their life back because this was outside of the realm of their control. You know, leprosy was incurable. There was nothing they could do on their own to get their life back. But they knew that Jesus was this miracle working guy. And so when they saw him coming, they cried out to Jesus, have mercy on me. And God saw them and he did something. He healed them. They were so grateful to have their lives back. They went right back to it, you know, like, man, I can't wait to go see my wife. I can't wait to, you know, wrap my arms around my kids. I can't wait to just enter back into society, provide for my family, like be a meaningful presence in the world today. And so they got right back to it, but except for one, one of them came back to Jesus. Now he got his life back too. He got all the things. And he would eventually get to experience everything that everybody else ran back to immediately. He'd get to turn back to his life too. But first he went to Jesus to say, thank you. And because he did, he gets so much more than just the physical healing and the relationships and the job and the, all the things he got saved. He got eternal life. He got relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus says to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. That made you well phrase is actually one word in the original language. It's sozo. It's mm-hmm. save. And so it's the same word that Jesus uses that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to sozo, to save the world. Yeah. And so he's talking about, like you just mentioned, this guy was not only healed physically, but healed spiritually, yeah. saved spiritually. Yeah. And he got intimacy with Jesus. He was praising God and he had this moment with the Lord, you know, and I don't know. I think oftentimes when God blesses us, he gives us something, maybe even something that we asked for and it, you know, it changes our life. We're, we're so excited to get about the thing that he did to go back to life the way that it was. And it's just so important. You know, what are we missing out on by not going straight to Jesus, you know, just right to the Lord and saying, thank you for what you did. We're missing out on intimacy and relationship and tender moments with Jesus. When I don't say thank you, when I don't come with my heart of thanksgiving to Jesus. Listen to this. I'd love to hear what you think about this. This is Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 18. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land and its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known to humble and test you so that in the end, it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. Man, that's a challenging scripture right there. 
I think we're pretty quick to ask God for what we need. I hope you are. I hope you know you can go right to the Father and you can tell him what's on your heart and you can ask him for what you need. That's all right and good. He's a good dad. But are we as quick to thank God when he answers our prayers? I mean, do we recognize that it's him, right? And literally, and make point to say, God, thank you. That was awesome. I saw what you did for me. I noticed, and I just want, I want you to know that I know it was you who did it. So this month, I've put this challenge out there. This gratitude is greater than grumbling challenge. And together, we're just kind of deciding we're going to not grumble. We're going to not complain. And we're going to choose to thank God instead. And I want to fill my heart and my head with thoughts about gratitude. So I was doing this devotional over the weekend um, from version. If you don't have the version app, it's amazing. It's scripture and you can get all the different translations and they have devotions and word of the day, scripture of the day. It's really, really good. But this one was called Power of Gratitude by Orlando Diaz. And the author suggested there are three things that happen when we choose to thank God for answered prayer. One is we preserve our trust in God. Every time he answers our prayer, we trust him more than we did before. We see him come through and we go, oh, he's reliable. It's like this, this pathway in our brain is created every time we recognize that God has done something good. And every time we walk down that path again and again and again, it becomes this well-worn path. So when good things come into our lives, our brain automatically goes to, that was God. That was God who did that. That was really good. And the actual opposite is true when we don't stop to recognize that it was him and thank him. We, we lose our trust in him or our trust in him kind of decreases. So we want to be giving thanks to God. Number two, you fill your present and your future with faith. We have this thought, right? When God comes through and he does something and we stop and we thank him for what he did. Like, man, if he did it before, he'll do it again. So it kind of moves into the present, You know, I know that God was good then. I prayed, I asked, he showed up. I can pray now and ask now and be expectant that God's going to show up now. And I know that he's going to be there for me in the future, in the tomorrows to come. And the third thing is we bless the next generation, man. When we tell the stories of what God has done and the next generation behind us hears that, we're passing on our faith. We're, We're letting them stand on our shoulders. You know what I mean? Whatever was our floor, whatever was our ceiling becomes their floor. They have greater faith just stepping into life because of the stories that we pass down of what God has done. So I just feel like it's so significant and just matters so much that we stop and thank God and recognize him in the midst of what's going on. The opposite of being thankful is being entitled. The -hmm. opposite of being thankful is being proud. So when I'm thankful, you know, I can't be entitled. I can't have this entitled attitude. I can't have this pride attitude because I'm saying, thank you, God. In that statement, I'm saying, it's not about me. It's what you have done. Mm -hmm. Thank you, God. And by the way, I'm in on the challenge. Yeah, buddy. If you you didn't know that, I think I jumped in on Friday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I think it was Friday. Yeah, I'm in. Or Thursday, something like like that. Anyway. Ben's not in because he thinks he's got to be perfect, I guess. (laughs) warned him not to come in because you said it was hard. <laughs> no, I'm not in because I watched too much Michigan and Detroit Lion football to not be able to not complain. No, that would, I feel like that is like the perfect opportunity because you know when you're going to be most likely, most susceptible to grumbling. You know what I mean? That's but fair. This isn't about, you know, 
getting 100% on the test either. Right. It's right, about right. it's about practice. Is it practice. We're not talking about a game. We're talking about practice. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all invited to be a part of the challenge. Love to have you join us. Just text the word gratitude to 800-968-8930. Just gratitude, 800-968-8930. Lord, we don't want to take you for granted. You don't owe us anything. Everything you give us is a gift from you. Help us to, to be the kind of people who take time to say thank you. Thank you, God. We love you. I don't know if you missed this in the news cycle, but there is incredible things. There are incredible things happening in Iran. On September 13th, just this last September 13th, a 22-year-old Iranian woman, Masha Amini, was arrested and killed by the morality police for not wearing her hijab, her headscarf. And the people on the street say the officers beat her head with a baton. The police said she suffered a heart attack, but then they released some video to try to calm the people. But the clip, along with images of her in a coma, made Iranians livid about the injustice and protests have broken out against the Islamic regime after Masha's funeral and have been growing since. And some say that Iran has the fastest growing church in the world. So you have these uh, protests against the the unjust regime and you have people coming to Christ and, and longing for a change and longing for freedom. And Heart for Iran is a satellite TV and social media outreach bringing the gospel into Iran. And since the protests, the government of Iran, the government of Iran has been blocking the internet connection. The signal for satellite TV is being jammed. Social media platforms are being shut down. Nazanin works in the call center for Heart for Iran, and she's getting dramatically less calls from inside Iran because of this. But here's her perspective about what the Iranian government is doing to try to stop the spread of the gospel. Nazanin, you know, what effect is this having the government trying to shut down all these communication channels? I would say nothing. We don't depend on Internet. Internet doesn't bring salvation. Jesus does. The Holy Spirit does. So I believe all this crackdown, all this pressure has no effect. And in fact, I believe it melts people's hearts to search for the truth, to look for Jesus. And the Holy Spirit encounters them right where they are. So we do not rely on Internet. Internet or satellite or these are means, these are tools. But I believe Jesus can do without tools, without us, his kingdom proceeds and he touches hearts and he goes. Recently, one lady called in and she had a vision of Jesus in a dream because she got a cross. She always loved the cross. She had a vision. And Jesus says in her dream, do you know what the cross means? 
And so she was left with that question. She called us and she says, what does this cross actually mean that I love it so much? So that was an opportunity for us to explain. And she gave her heart to Jesus. And she was so overjoyed. She said, I never felt this joy before in my life. And this is one example. So I believe that Jesus is working mightily inside Iran. I love this, and I I love how you know Jesus, being the missionary Jesus, he's he said in this woman's dream, you know, do you know what the cross means? He, he could have explained to her the mm-hmm. whole thing, mm-hmm. but it, it created this hunger in her. Yeah, and you know, Jesus wants us to partner with him to repair the world, and so he's just he could have done it all, but he he's thinking. Jesus is thinking, I've called my people into partnership. So if I just ask her this question about the cross, it's going to make her hungry. She's going to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, you know, called and and gave her heart over to Jesus. It's this beautiful thing of being called into partnership with Jesus. You've been called into partnership with Jesus to repair your world right where it's at. And and through prayer, we can partner with Jesus to see more happen in Iran. I think, you know, Jesus asking her a question, that's the Jesus we see in scripture. That's what he did over and over and over again. It's the rabbinical way, right? Mm-hmm. To, to ask a question that makes you wrestle with the answer within you. And oh, I just love how he's drawn people to himself. So Jesus, oh, thank you that you're the Lord of the nations. You're king of the nations. You're in charge you are working your purpose out as year gives way to year. The earth is shaking. The whole creation is groaning for our redemption. And Lord, we just pray that that you will do above and beyond what we could ask or imagine. We call on you, Lord, to show us great and mighty things which we do not know. We thank you, Lord, that the battle belongs to you and that mm-hmm. the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. There's this MMA fighter. He's his name is Benil Dariush, and he's an Iranian-born American MMA fighter. And he recently won a fight. And this is what he said. You know, the context is everything that's going on in Iran. And this was what he said right after the fight, as he was interviewed. I'm sorry, Dana, but I got to take a minute. I need to dedicate this fight. My people in Iran, I know you're struggling. I know you're fighting for freedom. I know it's a tough struggle. I want you guys to know we're praying for you and we love you. Let me tell you one more thing. This might be the most important thing you'll ever hear. There is true freedom, a freedom that no one can take from you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Don't ever forget that. If you remember one thing I say, remember that. Everything that we have is a gift from God, even our breath. I mean, just the fact that you woke up on the wake-up side of the list today, right? Like, praise God, right? Life, every part of it is a gift from God. Our abilities, the things that we get to do and can do right now, being able to talk about Jesus, being able to head off to work or, or to be at home or, I don't know, to sing, to run, to be someone who listens really well, to let the person in front of you know that they matter and that you care about them. 
just the beauty of creation, the moon itself. Oh my goodness, what a gift this morning. And the sunshine today. We literally have a million reasons to be thankful. But one of the things that I think we struggle to be grateful for is our body. You know, everybody wishes they were something that they're not. If you're short, you wish you were tall. If you're tall, you wish you were thin. You got curly hair, you wish it was straight. You know, you got straight hair, you wish it was curly. We just, we all want to be something that we're not. I wish my hair were shorter because I need a haircut. And Teresa, my bride, is is the one that cuts my hair. And she had to go to Florida to help out with her brother who's got some health issues. So you're going to have to put up with this mop here for about another week. <laughs> I'm laughing. We have um, we had somebody on the show, a listener, who yeah. offered to come on in and do like a makeover for you. Give right. you a new do, new look. Long time ago. And yeah, if you're listening... Yeah, text in 800-968-8930, 800-968-8930. But, I, you know, I, I I thought about doing it myself, actually, but I think that would be a mistake, don't you? Cutting your hair yourself? Yeah. I do think that would be a mistake, okay. yes. All right, yeah. I won't do that. Yeah, but there, you know, your hair, That's you can change your hairstyle, you can do that for sure, but there are some things about us that are not changeable. And I don't know, I don't know why we wrestle with that because our bodies are truly an incredible gift from God. And I'm not saying that I don't wrestle with this stuff. I do. But here's here's just like a different way to think about our bodies, okay? Think about just your hands. Like that's just even one part of your body. But my hands make food for me. Thank you, hands. <laughs> my hands get me dressed and out the door, you know, for the day. They carry things for me. I get to shake hands with people. You know, when I'm meeting somebody new or somebody walks into the station, I get to reach out my hand, connect with that person physically with a firm handshake and look them in the eye and say, I am so happy to meet you. What a gift, right? My hands let me figure out what I'm thinking because I am a journaler and I just don't know what's going on inside my heart and inside my head until I grab a pen and I start writing it down or my hands hit the keyboard and I just, and then my brain starts to work and I figure out what I'm thinking by typing it out. So my hands actually help me to figure out what I think and what I feel. And I get to hold my kids' hands. I still love that they're all grown up, but I still love to hold my kids' hands and hug them, grab them with my hands. I get to intertwine my fingers with my husband's while we're sitting down watching a movie on the couch, you know, or going for a walk together. Our hands are pretty amazing. They're just this small part of our bodies, but your whole body is literally amazing. So why do we focus on the one thing that we wish were different instead of celebrating all the things that our body can do? I mean, why not focus on the many incredible things that we can do? Psalm 139, 139.14 shows us how to do that, how to give thanks for our incredible bodies. It goes like this. I praise you, God, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know that full well. Here's the deal. You, yeah, you, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Your smile, your eyes, the sound of your voice, all of you is a gift from God. So thank God for doing such a great job with you. Thank him for your body and thank him for all it can do. Thanks for listening to Barry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.